Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am extremely excited tonight as we have the alternative rock band Holy Whitehounds coming on in a moment to join us. So the vocalist Brenton Dean is going to be calling in momentarily. Again, uh, just to introduce my show, and then I want to do a nice introduction for them. I started this show a few years ago because I really wanted to create a forum that I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and help promote them. A little bit about myself. My background is in clinical psychology. That's what I have my doctorate degree in. And one of the things I just thoroughly enjoy doing is interviewing people. Then my other passion is the entertainment industry. I've done some writing for some magazines. I'm also a singer-songwriter. So I really wanted to bring my two passions together to create this show. So I'm excited to announce that I've done over 200 interviews. So please support these guests and these amazing artists that come on my show. All of my podcasts are available on iTunes, or you can download them also off of my station. So I'm going to show you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like. I really take you on an interesting journey. I'm going to ask some really cool questions, and hopefully you'll learn a lot of things about my guests that you won't read about or um, hear about elsewhere. Um, although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, I always throw out there that my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Um, we do not do any formal therapy on my show, but we do some educational stuff, and we definitely have a sense of humor, so please feel free to share any, any entertaining stories. Um, just leave any potential identifying information out. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com, and you can also uh, join us in the chat room. But because I am a one-person show, I'm going to be really focused on the interview. All right, so let's do a great introduction for these guys. They are just some amazing musicians. Holy Whitehounds are an alternative rock band that are based out of Des Moines, Iowa, and they're currently signed to Razor and Tie, and they're really quickly making a big impact for themselves and the name as an alternative rock band. But they really have a creative and unique original sound. These guys, you'll hear elements of Beck. That was what first came to mind when I started listening to them. Uh, bands such as Cake, Cage the Elephant, Queens of the Stone Age. So if you like that type of stuff, I guarantee that you're going to like these guys. The bands will be releasing their amazing album. It's titled Sparkle, Sparkle, and it's going to be out on May 6th. So definitely pre-order a copy of it right now, which I highly encourage you to do. And also, they're currently on tour, so go to their website. They're touring with uh, the Colt right now, as well as I noticed they have some major festivals coming up this spring and summer. So definitely check out their website by going to holywhitehounds.com. Once again, I want to thank Claire Reynolds from Razor and Tie for setting up this interview. I've done a ton of interviews with her, and it's just such a pleasure and delight to work with Razor and Tie. So thanks again to Claire for this interview. So while we are waiting for Brenton to call in, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to introduce one of their songs. The song is called Oh Mama. It is off of their album, but it was initially off of an EP that they had put out um, a couple of years ago prior to the release of this album that's going to be coming up. So let's check out this song, and uh, I'm sure I know these guys are busy right now. They're definitely on the road. They're on tour. So uh, let me find the song right here in the switchboard. All right, here it goes. Check it out, Oh Mama from Holy White Towns, and we'll be back in a moment. Son said to his father, I'm just static, ain't I? 
father said, son, why would you say something like that? He said, I don't feel a reason to give. I think that's a reason to quit, you know. I don't care who sees and who is blind. Show Oh Mama by Holy White Hounds, awesome track that they have, which is currently on their new album Sparkle Sparkle. It is going to be out on May 6th, so please pre-order a copy of it right now. It is an amazing album. I had the honor to listen to an advanced copy of it, and has some great material on it. So uh, definitely check it out. All right, let's bring Brenton on as he is uh, currently on hold in the uh, waiting area here. Hello. Hey, Brenton, how are you? Pretty good. Good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm currently driving. I, I think I am about ready to cross the South Carolina border on the way to a show in Atlanta. 
Great. Nice. When's the the show isn't tonight though, is it? No, the Atlanta show is tomorrow. Cool, cool. So thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It's a pleasure to have you on, and I'm really looking forward to promoting the band and the new album that you guys have uh, coming out on May 6th. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. The feeling is totally mutual. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Cool, cool. So are you the one physically driving right now? I have, Well, I have two on a headset, so it's hands-free, and uh, so I, I think everybody around me is pretty safe. Okay. <laughs> It's just I don't know if you can turn maybe the volume up a little bit. It's hard to hear you on the on the phone. Yeah, no problem. How's this? There you go. Cool. Perfect. There we go. So um yeah, so let's do this. Let's start. I I always like to really learn about the backgrounds. I'm really curious about the bands and especially about you as a individual and how you got involved in music. So you know what's really funny too is a couple of weeks ago I had Christopher the Conquered on. I don't know if you know of him from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's kind of ironic that, you know, the second band I have on back-to-back is also from Des Moines. So, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say Chris is a good guy. I've seen a bunch of his shows. I th- I'm pretty sure he's seen a bunch of ours. It's, it's a pretty tight-knit community in Des Moines, and uh, Chris has been doing awesome stuff, and we're really happy for him, you know. That's great. Yeah, that's what it definitely yeah. in the interview, and I don't want to take up too much time, but yeah, he really did hone in and speak about just how Des Moines is a really close-knit uh, community and that you guys really are supportive of each other out there as musicians and artists, so that's cool to hear. Yeah, especially Chris, man. He really embodies that, like, supportive uh, thing that he has about him. So, yeah, that's cool to hear. Cool. Very cool. So is that where you grew up, is in, in Des Moines, Iowa? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we all did. We all. Uh, our drummer is from a town called Waterloo, about two hours away, and uh, and now we all live in Des Moines. And yeah, I've lived there my whole life. So I think uh, our bass player lived in like Minnesota for a little bit when he was a kid. But yeah. Okay. And tell me, just you know, just to hear some interesting stuff, and then we're going to get into you know, how you got involved in music, how the band came together, because I did a lot of research, and it's definitely an interesting story that you guys have. As a kid growing up, were you someone, you know, were you ever interested in any sports or any other types of activities before you developed an interest in music? Yeah, um, I loved football growing up. I thought I, I, I played football for a little bit. I went out for football when I was a kid, and when I was in middle school, when I was in, like, eighth grade, I went out to play for, like, a team to get ready for high school because I was going to play high school football. And uh, I got mono, and I got, like, an enlarged spleen, and my doctor said, hey, you can't play football because uh, if somebody hits you in the stomach, you're going to die. So oh, I, that's, I couldn't play uh, football. My spleen is all fine now, but in the time that I was going to play football, I actually learned the guitar and absolutely fell head over heels in love with the guitar. And so since then, it's just been music, music, music every day. Wow. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. I know that that, anything like that <laughs> mono, Epstein, Barb, no, seriously, that stuff can really take a toll on people. So, you know, glad to hear yeah, that you recovered from yeah. it. Sorry to hear about your football potential career, maybe not going in the right direction, but, you know, things <laughs> things happen for a reason. So, okay, so... And as a kid growing up, was music ever in your, you know, before you started to really get into guitar, was it something, you know, that was in your house at all or any of your parents or do you have any siblings that are 
involved in entertainment or music? Um, not really. I mean, my parents were always super supportive, and so any any hobby I had, they really supported it. I I did sing in church when I was a kid. I I I don't know if I liked it or not. It's too that's too far back for me to <laughs> to remember, I suppose. But uh, yeah, there's um. So, so I, I always loved to sing, but I we weren't a particularly musical family, though. Okay, okay. And if you don't mind me asking, what do your parents do for a living? I always find it interesting to hear people's backgrounds and, you know, again, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, of course. Yeah, my uh, my grandpa started a radio a radio business in uh, Des Moines called Ford in Garland. He started it with his uh, business partner, and my mom currently works there uh where they like install dvd players and radios and speakers in people's cars so i guess that's kind of musical but she worked yeah she's like a secretary there and uh and my dad works he's a mechanic and he builds old muscle cars and stuff like that for a place called carl chevrolet nice very cool so definitely hands-on family you know what i mean in terms of that makes sense in terms of you with the guitar your dad being a mechanic so very you know creative um, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I got two sisters and a brother. And uh, my brother is uh, hes an engineer. He's very, very smart. He's younger than me. And I have two older sisters. And uh, one of, I don't know exactly what my older sisters' jobs are because whenever I see okay. them, they live in different states than me. So we're just, like, catching up about life, and we don't talk a whole lot about work. So I love, gotcha. I love them very much. Cool. Very cool. So it sounds like you said your family is very supportive, which you definitely need in this industry. Um, yeah, yeah. So as you, right. So as you said, you started to get involved in guitar. You are probably about how old when that happens, I guess, middle school, maybe uh, like 13? Yeah, 13 years old. Um, I, I wanted a drum set. My dad took me to the store to get uh, – we're, I, we're, I was going to get drums, and then he said, hey, before you um, – before I get you a drum set, I just want you to look at the guitar and check it out. And the guy, like, had a guitar there, and uh, he just started playing for me. And I was fascinated with all the different pedals that you could use, which is weird because mm-hmm. I don't really use very many pedals now. But uh, I just thought, man, I can when I if, with a drum set, they sound like drums, but you could make the guitar sound like anything. And that really right. just like made me think that that would be a a fun instrument. And so ever since then, yeah, and I'm. I'm left-handed, so I went back, and uh, the only guitar at my house was my dad's. He played a little bit, and so I, I still to this day play right-handed because that was the only guitar at my house. Wow. That's, so wait, you originally left-handed, but you taught yourself to play as righty? Yeah. yeah I do everything else left-handed except for guitar. It's pretty weird. Wow. Interesting. To me... I don't know why a right-handed person wouldn't want to play a left-handed guitar because my left hand is the one doing all the the right. finger notes. So I I actually don't understand why it shouldn't be that way anyway. I guess just a wire <laughs> got crossed somewhere in my brain. Right. Right. Very cool. Well, again, you're extremely talented as both a guitarist and a singer-songwriter. I mean, you got some great stuff that you guys have coming out. So kudos to you. Uh, I mean, thanks. really great. Really cool. Thank you. Um, absolutely. So, you know, it was interesting to read, and I, we'll get into it in a minute. So you went to college after high school? 
Uh, actually, our bass player did. I was always like oh, okay. super anti uh, having a backup plan. My parents were very, they really wanted me to go to school. Um, but instead, I just job and I was all about music. And our, our bass player, Ambrose, he did go to college, but it wasn't like backup plan. I think he had a lot of interests that he wanted to like. Uh, like look into and stuff and me and him always used to like argue about that sometimes like which is really ironic because in the grand scheme of things uh, I wasn't really doing anything so to be upset that he was there is actually really really silly and also it's like a part of our our, uh, it's a big part of our journey I think it's really good that he went to school because he came back with a lot of like insights that I know he to this day still entertains and like what he learned by going there is that he still wanted to play music and literally the day he moved back from college he called me up and we got together and started playing music and that was the first day of the Holy White Hound so that that, you know there's it's it's actually like a really cool part of the story or whatever. I think so. I don't know. It's no, I, guess, I definitely think so. It's good. Where did yeah. um where did Ambrose go to college and what did he study? Uh, he went to the Hawkeyes one. It's, there's the Iowa State and the University of Iowa. I think it's called the University of Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes College. I don't know much about college. I'm not like super That's okay. learned. No. Yeah. And what did he, what did he major in? Uh, psychology. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know, you didn't call yeah. in in time, but that's actually, that's what I do for a living. I'm a clinical psychologist. Are you really? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, super interesting <laughs> stuff. We talk about it a lot. And, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so no, it's really cool. Yeah, like you said, I think everyone brings something different to the table. You know, college might have not been your thing, but you're able to appreciate and respect that him going you know, gives you guys some insight into different things and maybe different ways of, of looking at situations or coming up with different perspectives and angles to take. Um, so that's, that's cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too, man. It, I think it gives him like a, like, I, I probably write my, the way I do it is so like, it's, I don't know, I hate using this word because it sounds so like, it's just so, it's used a lot, and I feel I don't. Anyway, I'm just gonna say it. No more caveats. I have a very okay. like, raw way of putting things. I I don't really dance around the topic too mm-hmm. much, uh, unless I'm feeling like particularly poetic or something. But uh, Ambrose has like a really cool way of like thinking out the things that he's gonna say, and I think his like psychology background kind of leans into that because he's not just thinking about what he's saying but more of even like why he's saying it even and some of that like kind of leaks into his lyrics and so he's just he's like a fun person to write songs with you know right so yeah cool very cool yeah it sounds like you guys definitely are a good writing team and, and writing partners which is definitely something you need in the band so that's great so yeah, this yeah. Is what was as we're talking about this stuff and him going to college and coming back now, when was it then that – so you guys have been writing together. Hold on. Let me just get to my notes here because I have my computer screen open. Um, no problem. You guys have known each other for about over a decade, right, from what I read? Yeah, Ambrose and I have, and 
we've been playing music together. We started playing in a band when we were in high school, and uh, and then we recently the Holy White Hounds has been through some different lineups, and uh, our guitar okay. player James actually started playing drums for us, and uh, he did a tour with us, just a small one. And then we came back, and we kind of knew James wasn't really, like, a drummer. Like, he's good at the drums, but he's not a drummer. There's, like, a – you know, I, I play the drums, but I'm not a drummer. There's a different mentality that goes into a drummer's head. They're just, like – they're they're a timekeeper. They're, I mean, the best drummers are obsessed with the drums, and nobody right. in our band was. And then we met Seth, and – Seth is obsessed with the drums. He's always thinking about drums. He's always putting, he, he'll put a beat behind like a conversation. He just, that he lives in that rhythm section. Or, you know, I, I don't know. But, no, I know uh, what you're and, saying. And I know what you're saying. James is a spectacular guitar player. And so we moved him over to guitar to play with me. And, uh, and we got Seth on the drums. And that lineup has been there for about three years now. Very cool. And if you don't mind me asking, what were some of the, you know, I know that bands go through lineup changes all the time and different challenges arise. Was it just difficult finding people that had similar, you know, creative interests or influences or just people that maybe didn't have the same goals as you guys? Yeah, of course. I mean, the thing is, it's like, uh, being in a band, if it's something that you want to, to do, uh, professionally, there's an un... You, you really lose track of the sacrifice that you have to make to, mm-hmm. to do that, especially when you're working around, you know, there's four people in our band, and, and right now we're also traveling with our sound guy Cole, who feels like a fifth member, and the, you know, we all had to quit our jobs to go on tour. We, some of us had to sell our houses, and it's just like that, but right. nobody's it's, it's a big sacrifice. It. everybody knows. Yeah, but you know, when everybody's on it, what you get in return is to do this thing that you love and to to live out the you know at least give your dream a chance, and mm-hmm. uh, and everybody's just so happy to be there. But I we you know we had a lot of guys that 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 risk was because the risk is it's not it's not a logical thing to be in a rock band. It's just not. And so, you know, there's no, there's absolutely no bad blood between someone that, that maybe, uh, you know, they didn't, they couldn't make it work or they didn't think that they, or maybe they didn't want to. It just, it's not a big deal there. We love everybody that we've ever played with, you know? And, uh, and, but this is the group of guys that was willing to just lay everything down on the line, you know? And, and uh, that makes a huge difference. And I got to say, hardships and stuff, that used to happen a lot. And with this lineup, that hasn't happened one time. Not a single time right. a show ever came up where it was like, I don't know if we should do this because I uh, need to work that night or something. Everybody has been willing to just do everything and anything that it took if it was something that we thought was a good idea. You know? So, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, let's do this because I want to get back into talking a little bit about how you guys 
you know, met Brandon Garner and, you know, the guy that produced the album, and it looks like you got a great working relationship with him, and it, it seems like an interesting story behind that, too. But let's um, yeah. let's check out Switchblade. Let's uh, check out that song. Um, so tell us a little bit about, I mean, it's, it's a great track, and it, seriously, I mean, it's so catchy, and the hook is just so there. I cannot get it out of my head. Um, so right, yeah, so it's definitely, like you said, it's definitely raw. Like, um, again, I work as a psychologist in prison, actually. So, you know, when I'm yeah, hearing yeah. the song and I'm thinking Switchblade in the mouth, it's just, like you said, a very kind of raw <laughs> illustration in my head that I'm just like, wow. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, the meaning behind that song and, and you know, how you came up with that. Um, well, the song is about a really good friend of mine uh, that I had in school. And uh, and all that I have to say, I, I don't mean to be cryptic <laughs> okay. or anything, but the thing is, is that that song, it kind of, uh, this person is still a good friend of mine, and they, uh, they're they're a lovely person, and it, the song is kind of sad, and I, I'm okay with anybody, I, I know it doesn't sound like a sad song, but lyrically, it's just a, uh, it's it's an unfortunate song, and uh, yeah, so definitely. as far as like what it's about, I'm totally fine with people taking away from that song whatever they want to. Uh, okay. But it's it's also, you know, a, pr- a pretty suggestive song, and I I I know that. But uh, I don't know. Every night I have a whole lot of fun playing that song. It's you know cool. Ambrose wrote that bass line and came to practice dun dun dun, and I was just like, oh please tell me that you wrote that. And he said, yeah, it's just, uh, he's like, I didn't write it. I'm just playing it right now. And I was like, well, I got the perfect lyrics for that, dude. I got something I've been working on. And that song, it feels like Switchblade completely wrote itself. You know? Cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. those are the best songs, right? How long did it take you, would you say, to write it overall? Uh, Switchblade? Yeah. Uh, probably just about as long as the song is. It just kind of had wow. that natural, like, yeah, <laughs> right. that's probably how long it took to write. I mean, we probably played it about ten times, and we're like, well, there we go. Cool. Well, they say sometimes yeah. like, the best hit singles are the ones that you write in, like, 15 minutes, so I think you guys need it. I agree. It. It's <laughs> weird because we definitely have, like, a, I can't remember who said this, but it was some, like, there's this book called, like, The War of Art, and uh, written by Stephen Pressfield, and you know, I I would recommend it to anyone who to who writes music or actually I just recommend it to anyone because I think you should put yourself into anything you're doing. You know, but uh, uh. Anyway, the one thing that gets talked about is a lot is make a, a regimen out of out of your work and you can kind of train your brain to be creative at this time of day and and make sure it's an everyday thing. Know, it's, it's a war in there, and you're trying to to get the best thing out of yourself that you can, and uh, and that's very true. But with a song like Switchblade, most some of the songs we wrote, you know, they didn't come out in that time where we work every day. It just came out at a really strange time where you weren't expecting it. So it, it's just I I don't even know. I think I reside somewhere in the middle of the do it every day, and then there's some people who only work when the muse like hits them and they're like, yeah, I know right. what I'm going to, but uh, I think I just do both. I don't think I have any rules. Cool. All right. That sounds like an interesting book. I'll definitely have to keep that in mind. So thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing it. 
All right. Yeah, let's yeah. do this. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll check out the song, and then we'll, we'll come back and talk more about the producer and, and all the good stuff that is in uh, store for you guys. All right? All right. Sounds good. I'll talk okay, to you Okay, hold bit. on. Okay. All right, everyone. Vocalist and guitarist Brenton Dean from Holy Whitehounds, and we're going to check out their hit single, Switchblade. I've heard it on uh, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, so definitely be checking it out, and also be sure to pre-order a copy of their album titled Sparkle Sparkle, which will be out on May 6th. So here we go, Switchblade, and we'll be back in a moment. Just a taste 
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, Switchblade by Holy White Hounds. It's an amazing track. Like I said, be on the listen for it. It is being played all over radio stations. And also be sure to pick up a copy of their full-length album, Sparkle Sparkle, which, again, will be out on May 6th. All right, let's get Brenton back on. All right, great hey. track. Really, really, really catchy and just really great. <laughs> And, well, thanks, um, man. It's it's still surreal for me to hear it on the radio. It's like, ah, cool. That's on the radio. I, I love that's it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I heard it on, I think it was Faction. I think, is Faction playing it on uh, Series XM? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, that's where I heard it. Yeah, I heard it like uh, probably like a week ago. I heard it. I was like, cool, these guys are coming on my show. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, really cool. That's always surreal. And it was cool. It was cool. I, I I was in New York the other day. We played a show at the Paramount, and on the way home, I was riding to my manager's house in his car after the show, and the song came on serious. He was like, oh, I'll just turn it on. Maybe it'll come on. It probably won't. And it did. Like, <laughs> the second we got in the car, it came on. It was cool. Cool. Congratulations. It's, it's, it's something to really be proud of. Really cool. Thank you. All right. Thank so you. let's get into um, Absolutely talking a little bit about how you guys met uh, Brandon Darner, because it was an interesting story from what I read was you guys kind of met him in the scene, I guess, when you were, you know, playing out at some local shows, but then you kind of put it on hold, I guess, to actually work with him and then contacted him. Yeah, it was just really interesting because, like, wow, most people would probably, like, you know, bite at that in a second, and it was neat to see you guys kind of say probably maybe we're not ready yet or we just want to kind of get our ducks in a row, so to speak. Tell us a little bit about that, how you met him and, and kind of how you put it on hold and then reconnected with him. Yeah. Well, it's actually, with Brandon, it goes back a long ways. Like, Brandon was talking to us when we were in high school, talking about doing a record with us. And, you know, I'm 28 years old now, so it, it took a long time. And uh, a lot of that is just like when you – the other day I did a – like a seminar thing at a school of rock and I met with like a bunch of kids and one of the parents asked me like in front of the class or whatever they said if you could go back and give yourself like a piece of advice what would it be and I just said probably just to talk less and listen more which was Mm -hmm. hilarious because I was there doing a seminar just talking the entire time (laughs) but uh like um yeah so I think that I I just kind of thought like oh i i know everything like why do i need a producer why do i need somebody to come in and better i'm the greatest and i mean i know that i i it was just like a young thought where i just i didn't understand what a producer did i didn't i didn't know And, and there was a lot of people that were giving me opportunities that i wasn't i i didn't appreciate the way that i should have because i just i was I don't want to blame it all on being young. It's not like I think young people are stupid or anything, but I was. Right. And I just didn't know what what that would bring to the table. I didn't understand. So uh, Brandon actually was just someone who talked to us for a long time about how he wanted to do it. And there's a, a girl from our hometown, her name's Dana, and she plays in a band called Parlors. And I've always had a lot of respect for her and, I always thought she was older than me because she seemed so smart. And I I was talking to her, and I found out she's actually like a couple of years younger than me. So I 
refer to her as like a big sister because she's somebody that I just respect so much and listen to everything she does. But turns out she's just a lot wiser than I am, and uh, it just didn't take her as long. You know, I guess growth mature faster. But uh, and I was talking to her, and she said, I, I said I want this project to be the best thing I've ever done. Like, I really want it to be great. Think, like, who do you want to work with that you think would give you the best product that you could possibly put out? And I said, Brandon, Brandon Darner. And she said, well, then stop. You know, do what you have to do to make a record with Brandon Darner. And right. so I did, you know. And yeah. So that's, that's, that's cool. how, that's, that's kind of the evolution of that relationship hooking up, you know. No, that's great. I mean, like you, like you know, like you, your bio says. I mean, he's worked with some, you know, major artists like Imagine Dragons and you know some really great people. So it's it's nice to hear those that you admit too. Like you know, you were young and maybe you did think you knew it was right, but you know what? You came around and you started listening to other people, and that helps you kind of put things into perspective. And I think I think that's what's important in life is is learning and growing. Yeah. And it's yeah. the people that kind of stay stuck you know what I mean, so to speak, that, and you can talk with Ambrose about this, he knows it's from psychology, you know, that, that aren't going to get to that next level. So, you know, again, congratulations to you to, you know, to kind of getting some insight into yourself and, you know, putting out a, an amazing product. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, really cool. So how long did it take you guys to go into the studio and, um, you know, put the album together? Tell us a little bit about that and, any challenges you encountered or the great things that, you know, came out of working with Brandon? Yeah, um, well, the great things that came out of working with Brandon is that he, you know, he's a producer, and it's kind of hard to quantify exactly what that is in words, uh, but he, he uh, I think he saw the things that he liked about our band and exploited it. There's a lot of things on our record that I thought, oh, i, I got to redo that. You know, and he said, no, you don't need to redo it. That's exactly what I like about you. It's imperfect, and and it's perfect for that reason. Just, I, I'm putting words in his mouth right now. He didn't, I, I don't no, know, I know if, what he actually, you know. if he said those words. But, um, you know, it was just like uh, um, he just helped to take those things that are, I guess, the charm of our band and, and put it on on a on a recording and uh and I'm trying to think this was like a there was like a second part to the question and I kind of got lost in my rambling. No, that's okay. I just no, I said like, you know, again, like the great things, any challenges, you know, how long it took you overall to, you know, put the album together. Well, it was an interesting album to make because we thought that we were just going to go in and track everything live. That I love your live show. I think your record should and so we went mm-hmm. in and we tracked all of the songs. And every song on the album is live. It's us just playing. There's no click track or anything like that. It's just wow. us playing the song. And then we put, you know, we go, we went in and did overdubs or, mm-hmm. or like later you think like, oh, I, I like this, but the bass tone's not right. You redo the bass or you double a vocal or we added mm-hmm. some synthesizers or something like that. Just we just kind of played with the tracks. So we recorded them live, and then we played with them a lot over over a long time. I don't know exactly. We weren't in a big rush to get it done because we didn't have our lineup together yet. So, like, we just kind of let it ride, and we just kind of worked on it. You know, I I know that there was, like, 
times when I would be like, Brandon, this is taking way too long. Like, I, I want to get this done. And, and he just kind of said, you know, just relax because we're going to get it right. And and then it will be done. Don't don't rush it, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, it was just the, there was a lot of guidance there that way. And yeah, so just good. It was, cool. it was like you said. I mean, it was a good like working relationship where uh, if you listen to the album, he got he got a good he got good stuff out of us, you know. And uh, there was times where we really had to dig for it. He had to dig for it stuff like that so there was a lot of hard work on everybody's part that went into this well definitely you can definitely hear that in the album i mean just just everything it's and it's funny because the fact that you guys actually recorded it live like i know you said there's overdubs and doubles with vocals and you know some tweaks here and there but it does sound still pretty polished i mean you know what i mean it's not like this kind of raw live recording it's raw in the sense that i know you guys do have a little bit of that type of sound as you call yourself, sometimes feral alternative rock, which I thought was funny. Um, so yeah, you still, I think, captured that part, but it still is polished enough that it's you know ready to go for radio play and et cetera. So yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit about. I mean, Razor and Tie, great label. I mean, I can't tell you, Brenton, how much you know I've I've enjoyed working with them. I've had many of their bands on my show and just. Everyone is just such a professional and just a really great label to work with. So, how did you um, how did you meet them? How did you get their attention? And and tell us why you chose yeah. to to sign with them. Well, Ambrose uh, brought me one of our EPs one day and said, "Hey, take this down to the local radio station." I took it down to our local radio station, and they, you know, really liked it, and they. Uh-huh played us on the radio locally and uh they hooked us up with our managers they introduced us to our managers who flew in and met us and we just hit it off immediately like the the way that they talked was the way that we talked when we are just like hanging out and stuff and they were just they're rowdy like we are and uh <laughs> and and then those guys you know they they I remember uh I just, I remember that night so well of meeting them and uh, then they, you know, we just kind of put ourselves in their hands and it's just like I said before, like talk talk less, listen more and they, I I just remember being like, you know what, I'm gonna give these guys have more experience in building uh, and I trust them with my band, uh, just like I trusted uh, Darner to produce our record and I just kind of thought my role in this band is going to be writing music and mm-hmm. I'm going to hand this stuff off to people who are better at it than I am, which is honestly, which started with Ambrose. Like I, I'm not sure that I would have even ever played my first show if I was on my own. Like Ambrose is the type of guy who's like, Hey, let's go play a show. And I, I or Hey, I booked a show. We got to get ready for it. You know what I mean? Like he's a doer and, um, right. Right. And I'm just I'm just kind of somebody who I I don't know. Like I would like to think that I w- I've grown up enough to where I would take more action, but I mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. So uh um so I I just kind of put ourselves in their hands and and they they introduced us to Razor and Tie. You know, we got we were getting some radio play and Razor and Tie became interested in us. Uh we flew out to New York City. 
and had like the big signing with champagne and stuff. Nice. And, yeah, it was just like it, it was a really like surreal moment for everybody. I I mean honestly, if you would have told me even like a couple months before that that we were gonna get signed, I I would have laughed because it just doesn't <laughs> like I don't I don't know. Like I said, like I'm in a car or in a van right now going to Atlanta where we're gonna play a show opening for the Cole. We've been on tour with them for a long time, and our last mm-hmm. date's April sixteenth, and this is this is what I what we've been dreaming about for so long. And and I, I just, you know, I think it's, it's cool. great. Yeah, it is. And I think what's really great about you guys too is I can, you know, just sense this really kind of humble, you know, authentic, you know, individuals that you guys are. Like you're saying, you're like it's uh, almost like, oh, how did this happen to us? Or I can't believe this happened. But you know, again, it did happen, and you guys deserve everything that you've earned and worked so hard for. But I think it's really cool to also see. You know, you see so many musicians out there that become so arrogant, you know, and so narcissistic. And, again, Ambrose can appreciate the words I'm using. But, you know, it's cool that you guys you, – no, it's cool. It's cool that you're still very grounded. And that's something that fans and people will really take to. So, you know, I think well, we that's like something – Well, we like to joke around – yeah, we like to joke around on stage and say, guys, you know, thank you much for being here. We're really humbled being here. And we're probably the most humble people ever, like – if you like nobody ever could ever be more humble than us. We're very competitive about our humbleness because we like to think <laughs> we're the most humble. You know, and right. if anybody thinks they're more humble than we are, we take it very personally and we try to out humble them. So nice. that's that's it's important to us as well that we're that that I don't know. I could keep going for a long time but that's okay. hopefully no, no, hopefully but nobody think, think... thinks I'm joking. You know? No. Mm-mm. No, but I think it's a cool. No, I think it's a cool balance to somehow again appreciate everything that you guys have accomplished. But like you said, also be able to take that step back and, and still have that kind of giddy feeling of wow, you know, my song's on the radio, or you know what I mean. I think I think yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Of course. How yeah. Long and, ago, um, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, let's not kid ourselves. Like we worked really hard, and we we wrote the best songs we could. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's still a lot of luck involved. And we we recognize that and take every opportunity to have as much fun as we possibly can. This is I feel like you're you're such a laid back interview. I'm I'm having fun talking to you right now because most interviews I do, I feel this need to be just a total goon. And I feel like me and you are like <laughs> touching on some stuff that's like kind of pleasant. It's I feel like we're like sipping tea right now. So Aww, whatever. Again. I'll send you a private message because I don't want to ramble on the air, but I can't tell you how much I appreciate that comment because that's, you know, when people, and, and that's mostly the comments I've received is they feel like they're having a conversation with someone they've known for a long time and they feel comfortable, mm-hmm. and I feel like I did my job then. So thank you. That that definitely made my night. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so how long ago did you sign with Razor and Tie? How long ago was that? Uh, it was a couple months ago. I don't. I don't. Oh wow! Honestly, okay, it was. I'm pretty. Yeah. Recent. I think so. Uh, yeah, it was. It was like February we went out to do that. And uh, wait, yeah, it's April now. Yeah. See, when you're on the road, it's like I had three or four times the other day that it was even Saturday, and, and it was just like I lose track of days. I lose track of yeah. time. 
I wake up, I have no idea like what time it is because load ins at a certain time and then sound check and then you play the show and or or you have like radio dates so you're just like sleeping for like half hour like little slots between when you have to be somewhere or when you have to do something. So I am so horrible with time. It's like one of my worst uh it's one of my worst like like a friend or like somebody will call me up and, and I'll be like, What are you doing, man? Like, why aren't you at work? And they're like, dude, it's Sunday. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I had no idea. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, I, I can understand how that can happen, especially when, like you said, you're traveling from state to state and you're on tour. And, yeah, I'm sure that gets pretty pretty chaotic at times. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Well, in in a right. great so way, like in a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here, let's do some let's do some fun questions. So, how did you guys come up with the name Holy White Hounds? Where did where did that come from? What's the uh, what's the meaning behind that? Yeah, well, uh, I was looking through when me and Bros went to start the band. I was looking through our date book, which like shows where all the bands are playing and stuff. And there was a lot of I I was out of high school for a while because I kind of knew the local bands that I liked, and that those were kind of the shows I was going to because. When you're in a band, it can be hard to go out to other shows because that's the same times that you're either also playing or having practice or whatever. So, uh, so I was looking around like, what's going on with band names right now? Like, what's what's cool? I don't want to rip anybody off. I don't want to. Right. I, I don't want to be super ironic. I don't want to be super serious. You know, just like what is something that I'd like? And uh, all the band names in this date book were so terrible in the best way. Like, there was there was just so many weird names. Like, there's a band from Des Moines, and I, I think they're probably still together, and their name was Person Whale. And I just thought, that is so strange. That is, like, the coolest band name I've ever heard. And so I told Ambrose, I said, dude, I want to come up, I want to have the worst band name that just makes no sense, and it would be terrible. And uh, And he said, uh, how about we call it the Holy White Squid? And I said, that's perfect. And uh, and so for about a week, we were the Holy White Squid. And then somebody said Holy White Hound. It was just like, that. There's there was a ring to Holy White Hounds that we liked. So we changed it over to that. And now, now you know, a lot of people call us HWH. A lot of people call us yeah. Plain Hounds. And... Uh, but so a- anything's fine. It's kind of a long, weird band name, and I go in and out. Everybody in the band goes in and out of loving our band name and absolutely hating our band name. But <laughs> in, in the end, nice. we don't have a lot of time to think about our band name, so I guess it doesn't matter. Nice. Well, like again, I think I think you guys did hit the nail on the head with kind of creating a name that you're definitely not going to forget. And like you said, whether people yeah. take to it or they say, "Oh, it's weird," you're still going to remember it, and that's that's good marketing and advertising, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is anyone, and again, I'm I'm just doing a play on words, with the word hound, is anyone a fan of dogs in the band? Does anyone have dogs? Is anyone a fan of, you know, animals or dogs? Um, I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love dogs? Yeah. That, that, there's also, like, a, our band has, like, a lot of, like, tattoos and things like that. And you get the question, like, what's the significance of this or that? And 90% of the time when – my point, I'm relaying this to a band name, is, like, for us, we just 
do things because we like it. We like the way it looks. We like the way it sounds. Mm -hmm. And then kind of meaning will come into it later. It's like some of the tattoos I have had no meaning when I got them, and now there's been something that I've looked at so many times with a certain, in a certain light, and now they kind of like took on meaning or something like that. And so for the Holy White Hounds, uh, I guess who doesn't love a little bit of duality once in a while? It's like uh, there is that like pure artiste uh, role that you're always fighting with in your head, and uh, and there's the hounds, which we always just kind of thought of as, uh, I've said before, it's like, we're, we're dirty, but we're not unclean. We're mangy, but you would still let us sleep in your bed. So right. it's just like, <laughs> right. you know, there's just something about the the name that kind of took on, but even, you know, even that stuff, we don't take it super seriously. Uh, I, just like the songs, the band name is completely open to interpretation. Nice, nice. Well, and the other thing I thought that was, and again, you guys definitely have a sense of humor, which is great. Your album cover, does it really have puffy cheese noodles on it? Yeah, that's. I think there's there's some vomit on the ground and some <laughs> cheese noodles there. That that's the that would be uh. Th- there's a new album cover for the record release, the new one that we're gonna be putting out on May sixth. But yeah, the album was. Originally self-released okay. uh, with with uh, cheese puffs on it and some disgusting vomit on the ground, which is not an uncommon thing to see around us. But uh, that that was actually just random hobo vomit, I think. And I've said the word vomit a lot for somebody who's being interviewed. But uh, yeah, it's just that that was uh, actually. That particular photo was taken by uh, our photographer. Her name's Alyssa Light, and um, she also lives in Des Moines. And I just, we we were having, we decided, I just asked her, do you have anything in your portfolio that I would like? And uh, she showed me that, and she just kind of skimmed by it. Like, I was just one of the, and I said, whoa, 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 go back. You know, and and there was these Cheetos, and it was like, yeah, I, I like the idea of not taking this thing too serious. Like, I've worked really right, hard right. on this album for a really long time, and to slap Cheetos on the cover would just be hilarious. And maybe <laughs> maybe there was even, like, a little part of me that thought it was, like, kind of self-destructive, which uh, is not... Yeah. I mean, I could get into the psychology behind that, of, like, well, I, if, if I fail, I wasn't really trying. And I think right, that maybe right. there was even a tad bit of that in me. Uh, a little bit of a defense time, mechanism, right? Maybe so. I don't know. I mean, I'm just you know, this is all just me but I think, overthinking but it. I think what's right, but I think what's also funny is the dichotomy between, like you said, the vomit and the cheese doodles, but the title of the album is Sparkle Sparkle. So you know, Sparkle yeah, Sparkle, yeah. you think pretty and maybe diamonds or I don't know. But so I thought that that was just an interesting dichotomy too with with the two uh, concepts. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird because I feel like we do that a lot and we're never trying to do that. It's never like Sparkle Sparkle was just like we were uh, sitting in the garage, you know, smoking some cigarettes, and I said, Ambrose, what what do you, like, we had like a ton of names for the record that we were thinking about, and then he said, what about Sparkle Sparkle? And, uh, and we just kind of 
dismissed it right away. And then a couple months later, we were taught, like, the record was going to be released, and we still didn't have a name for it. And I said, you know, I didn't like it at first when you said it, but I can't get it out of my head. I think Sparkle Sparkle is, like, the perfect uh, name for this record for the way that it sounds. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's such a, it's, like, I don't know. So, yeah, that's that's how that came about. It was, yeah. Nice. This is, like, the and interview that's... with the most backstory like, if anybody wants well, to know please, anything, they can Brendan, listen to this please, one. Please, thank you. Well, please promote it because I want people yeah. to hear it. I want people to learn about you guys. And, you know, that's one of the things sometimes is, you know, again, there's only so much I can do on my own, as you know, um, being an right. independent person. So, yeah, I would love for people to really learn about you guys. And that's, as you see, I've put a lot of effort. It's been at least a couple of hours over the weekend, if not more, researching and preparing. And, yeah, I really, I really take it seriously. I do. Yeah, I um, so. Thank you. And I think the other thing, like you said, you guys definitely don't think take things too seriously. I thought it was just hysterical. Not not I mean not hysterical in a in a too too funny way, but the fact that you put a quote on the top of the banner of your Facebook page about evidently someone who was not a fan of the music was just like, Oh my gosh, at first I was like taken back but then I just said, Wow, these guys you know, they really do take things lightly and they don't take it to heart no yeah you're right i mean you know there's there was almost like an exciting thing when 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 i see someone who really hates us there's kind of <laughs> like there's like an exciting like oh cool i've never had like somebody dislike me so much for my music before and there, there, it really kind of makes you feel like oh for the first time in my life I'm getting out there that's cool I'm not just playing for my friends anymore and so there's right. people that, that don't like us and that's that's totally fine it it, always, it still really puzzles me as to why I, I've not liked plenty of movies or, or bands and when me and my friends are sitting around talking about it, I feel totally comfortable saying I hated that movie. It, it did nothing for me. I was really bored. But I wouldn't – I just think it's kind of mean to say that to the per- – I don't feel a need to, like, tell the person who made it that I didn't right. like because it's just why, – right. why, there's just so many reasons that I don't – it just – first of all, I guess first and foremost, it just seems really mean. And so I just, oh, like, it is. I Oh, absolutely. That, yeah, so when I see it for ourselves, um, it just kind of really goes to show that there's a lot of different kinds of people out there, and um, that's fine. You know, it's it, it is entertaining, and it was funny, and I thought my friends would get a kick out of it because I even have friends that don't like our band. My my best friend tells us like all the time, "Listen, like I love you guys, but your music is just not for me," and it's it's fine. You know, but I also I know a lot of people who love my band, who I don't know. And that's, that's really, I don't know. Well, I think, and, and again, we could, gosh, I could go off on that topic forever, profiling the individual who made that quote, because that, you know, it's a very angry, hostile individual. And the other thing is okay. the fact that they had to post that, you know, I mean, it, again, it's, yeah. it's just plain mean. But behind it, yeah. believe me, the profile of this person, Brenton, is angry, hostile, and who knows? He probably even has an undertone of jealousy. So maybe he actually really does like the music, and he's maybe maybe that's his style of music, and he can't perform it the way you guys do. So there's so many different layers, you know, involved in something like that. But like you said, to put well, it out there. Think, uh, just, let me, 
yeah, I want to put something to you about this because I've, I've actually, when I post that, I blurred out his face, I blurred out his name because I didn't, I didn't want my friends to see and be like, who is this guy? Uh, and uh, and I, I didn't want like anybody like wanting to retaliate against him. Sure. I just kind of thought yeah. it was a funny thing to share. Uh, and, but then I started thinking, you know, maybe that was really mean of me to share because didn't now like this guy is unhappy uh, clearly. Otherwise, if he was happy, I don't think he'd feel the need to say something like that. So now am I just being mean to him? And since maybe I have a bigger platform than he is now, maybe I am the bully now. And I actually started to feel bad about posting what he posted. And I thought, uh, and so in the end, the reason I, I, I'm, I guess I'm so okay with what this guy did is that in the end, maybe I'm just no different than him, and we're just the same guy. No, I think, no, again, we could, I'll, I'll send you a private message. I mean, I, as I said in the beginning before you came on, I'm not, you know, getting into yeah. too much analytical stuff just because of my profession and stuff. But, yeah. no, I think, yeah. I think on the one hand, he put it out there. He wanted it out there. I mean, like you said, if he didn't want it out there, he wouldn't have done it. So, and right, I think right. the nice thing that you did was that you, you know, you kept it anonymous, you blurred out the name, there's no identifying information, so no one knows really where it came from except you. Um, right, right. And, and who knows, maybe he would have, you know, maybe he would have on some level, I don't want to say gotten off, so to speak, but maybe he would have gotten off mm-hmm. and, and maybe it would have created an argument. And, you know, it sounds like a person who is very provocative and probably yeah. wants to start trouble. So I think... I think on your end, if you felt comfortable sharing it, because again, you felt like, oh well, you know, bad publicity is better than no publicity, or whatever you were like, you know, looking or searching for. I think it was nice that you kept everything anonymous and and you didn't, you know, you know, I don't, I don't think you did anything wrong. I mean, he posted it, he made it public. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, yeah, what, other people have done it. They just haven't been quite as blunt, and that was my first. That was the first one that I saw. That it, I mean, maybe somebody else has, and I just didn't see. It. I just so happened to see that one. And the way he put it, it actually did kind of, it was kind of funny. So why not? Well, but, I think, you, know. you know, and I think that's the other way. Again, you know, if we got into talking about like cognitive psychology and interpreting things from different perspectives, right? Most people probably would have been appalled and devastated, and who knows, they might have quit. You know, you you turned yeah. it around and said, "Wow, this is kind of." This is humorous to me, and I and I can appreciate your angle of looking at things because I do that a lo- with a lot of things in life, and people are like, that's not funny. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's kind of disturbing, but on the same token, what am I going to do? I can either look at it from this angle or I can get myself upset. So, right, so I understand yeah. what you're saying. I understand. Yeah, I definitely, if, if anybody, like, reviews our song or something and, and doesn't like it, I'll retweet that like an article just because like, Hey man, they, they still gave me the time of day to listen to my song. And if they didn't mm-hmm. like it, that's okay. But right. I, I'm trying not to retweet. Like when I see like a tweet that's like, that says something rude, I try not to retweet it. Cause I just think I don't want to instigate people to be hateful online. So I'm not going to retweet a person's thing, but if it's like an interviewer or if it's like a, someone who's actually, like, legitimately reviewing something, then that's fine, you know. There's plenty of people Definitely. who like it for the couple who don't, so it, it doesn't get to me that much. Right. 
Right. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's a fine line. I think it's with the way yeah. social media is. And, again, if you want to do another interview at some point, I'd love to interview you. We can get into a bunch of other topics. I think it would be great. But, yeah, I think social yeah. media, there's a, you know, there's a real fine line out there. There's a gray area. And, it's, yeah, you got to be you got to be careful sometimes. So I think I think you are using good caution and uh, judgment. So, yeah. but let's uh, believe me. I could go on forever, but I don't want to. I know you guys are driving and you got a, a long night ahead of you. But um, yeah, feel free to you know plug uh, your social media sites, any shows you have coming up, and um, of course the album. Yeah, yeah. On uh, on <clears throat> May sixth. Our album is going to be released through Razor and Tie called Sparkle Sparkle. And um, we you can pre-order it now. If you go online, you can go to holywhitehounds.com. And uh, any social media, Facebook, Twitter, Fans in Town, Spotify, if you look up Holy White Hounds, you can find us there. Uh, you can pre-order our record online. I'm pretty sure you can also pre-order it on Google Play and iTunes, things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can, you can do that. So you can pre-order a record right now. You'll you'll get two tracks right up front: "Oh Mama," "Switchblade," and the rest of the album will be out on May 6th, which is just around the corner. Um, we got T-shirts for sale and all that stuff on the website. So if, if you're interested in that, go for it. And uh, as far as touring goes, if you want to check if we're gonna be in your area, just check our website because we will be doing a substantial amount of touring in that. Uh, tour schedule gets updated a lot. We, we, we're announcing a lot of festivals and stuff. One of the bigger notable ones is like Bonnaroo and things like that this year. And, uh, but like I said, that thing gets updated a lot. So if you subscribe to us on like Bands in Town or something like that, you'll find out if we're coming through your place. And, uh, but it'll be a fun show. I guarantee you that because that's our number one thing is to have fun. So. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah, Brenton, I mean, great interview, um, a lot of fun with you tonight, and also amazing album, and please, you know, commend the rest of the members, too, because you guys did a, just a fascinating job with it, so it's been such a pleasure having you on, and you're more than welcome to come back on in the future, especially when you have new music, so definitely uh, don't forget about us. Yeah, definitely, I will, right. I will. and you know, I, I'm out of the, the loop on how a lot of these things get set up, but... My managers are great guys, and they don't forget about people. So keep in touch, and and we we sure will do. And you can always message us on Facebook and stuff. We try to respond to everybody through the uh, band page and stuff. And yeah, and once the interview ends, the podcast will be available. So I would really appreciate it if you'd encourage all of your fans to uh, check it out and learn a ton of stuff about you guys that they're not going to see anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, again, thank you so much for calling in, and um, I wish you guys much continued success. Thank you very much. Sparkle, sparkle. Okay. Sparkle, sparkle. (laughs) All right. Have a great night, and have a safe trip. You too. Good night. Okay. Take care. Bye. All right, everyone. Brenton Dean from uh, Fully White Hounds, and... Great interview. We went over an hour. I know people sometimes can say my interviews are a little lengthy, but, again, I really take a lot of effort, time, and, um, you know, my my interviews very seriously. So I hope you enjoy them. I hope you can learn something about these guys, all the artists that I interview, 
have some really interesting stories, and again, they share a lot of in interesting um, information that you will not read or hear anywhere else. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Um, as we said, pick up Sparkle Sparkle. It is out on May 6th. And follow me on uh, Twitter at Carrie Eppelman. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Also, I'm on Facebook. You can befriend me. There's two personal pages. One of them is kind of maxed out or might be maxed out, so find the other one. I'd love to keep in touch with people that way. And also, please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook where you will see updates for upcoming interviews and more. I am doing another interview tomorrow night. So tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, which is April 12th, I will be having the hard rock band Breathing Theory coming on. So some really great music these guys have, too. We're going to uh, preview a couple of their songs and also take you on a really cool journey with them. So please check out the podcast for Holy White Hounds if you tuned in late. And tomorrow night we will be back again with Breathing Theory at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a great night.